God, we're here because, uh, because you love us, because you hear us, because you heal us, because you save us. And um, so we're here to worship you this morning. Because we believe without a shadow of a doubt that you, this is real stuff. This is, this is what we're going to talk about is life at its deepest reality. So, Lord, I'm just asking on behalf of everyone who's here, as we come before you today and sit at your throne of grace, to receive mercy and to find grace, to help us in our time of need, we just ask that you'd pour it on us. And as we gather together today, as we've already done, just to, to worship you, to remind ourselves that you're good and that you're powerful, trustworthy, and the only one who's worthy of our worship. We just pray that you'd be delighted and pleased because we just want to tell you, we know you love us and we just want to say we love you too. So God, would you meet each person in this room exactly where they need to be met in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Oh. It's good to be here today. Anybody else glad to be here today? It's never really fair, you know, because we get to spend all week thinking about today. So I'm all pumped and I'm prepped and I'm ready to go and you guys are coming in cold cocked. Um, but I just, I believe with all my heart in the next hour that we're going to be here together. That if you'll just open up your heart and your mind to Jesus Christ, he loves you and he wants to meet you where you're at today. And that's a very, very cool thing. That there's potential that they, that we actually walk out of here different than we walked in is a very, very positive thing to me. So here's the deal. Four days is Thanksgiving, Right? Four days. For some of you, this is your most favorite holiday. You know, I mean, for me, it's when the holiday season actually begins. I know Christmas was out in like September, but for me, this is when the holidays begin. Did you guys know what the word holiday means? Do you guys know where it came from? Holiday means holy day. Did you know that? When we celebrate, because everybody says, don't say Merry Christmas anymore, right? Say happy holidays. Okay, so happy holy days is really what we're saying to each other now. And what's, you guys, what's interesting is with the holiday season upon us, they, these, these holidays, Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's even, can be incredible times for our faith. These holidays that we're going to participate in starting this week can strengthen our faith, faith. They can help us to refocus our faith. In fact, did you know Jesus, or, or actually, that would, well, he is God, but in the Old Testament, when God established festivals, he was establishing holiday, holidays. Holy days, because he wanted people to remember his goodness and everything that he had for them. So these days, Christmas and everything can be great times, incredible times for our faith. But they can also be completely distracting <laughs> to our faith. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Like you guys, the commercials on TV, right? And all they're doing is letting you know what you don't have. You know, they're doing a great job on my kids, we're, we're banning the TV from now on. You know, from now until Christmas, we're shutting it all off. It's so funny because every time Mariah or Ashlyn come in, they found a new toy that they have to have, right? But the biggest one is Biscuit. Anybody know who Biscuit is? 
Yeah, how much is biscuit? $179. Yeah, exactly. So here's what's going on with biscuit is, is Mariah, she has it all planned out. She realizes this. She goes, what she's actually doing is every chore that she can do in the house, she's getting money to be able to buy biscuit for Ashlyn, right? And so she's actually luring Ashlyn into the game by saying, Ashlyn, if you help me, then I think we might be able to get the money to be able to do this thing. And I keep telling her, honey, do you realize what you're going to be purchasing Ashlyn is her graduation gift, <laughs> not, not her Christmas gift. And this is going to take a while. And so, but she's got it all figured out because she figures if they pull enough money, they're going to be able to go ahead and buy biscuit. And Santa is going to take care of it for Mariah. And I'm trying to help her that Santa's struggling with the recession too, just like everybody else. And he may not get everything he needs to build biscuit for her. You know, but I mean, but not just for our kids, for all of us. It's this sense of, man, you have to have this all of a sudden. All the stuff that we don't have just gets laid out in front of us. And to be happy, to be fulfilled, we've got to have it. And then we get done with the Christmas season, we're all in debt, and that's really frustrating. And I know for many of us, with the recession, a lot of us are thinking, this may not be as merry of a Christmas as we've had in the years past. And so we just wanted to take a couple weeks, today and then next Sunday, and just talk about, well, let's get ready for Christmas then. Let's get ready for these holidays. And I really think that Thanksgiving, as I thought about it this week, can be an incredible precursor to Christmas if we do it right. Thanksgiving is a holy day. You know what, again, do you know what holy means? It means set apart from all the rest of the days. And Thanksgiving is a holy day because it is the day that's set apart to watch football all day long. It is a holy day. And it's also holy because you can eat forever and ever and ever and over and over again until you're actually just killing yourself. And it's set apart for that purpose. It's an unbelievable... And, and so, by the way, another thing that I'm very thankful for this morning is I actually got tickets to the Ute game yesterday. Yeah! Can we give it up for the University of Utah? Fantastic. Oh, man, that was sweet. I was taking pictures of the game and texting it to everybody else I knew who wasn't there. It was awesome. And... uh but we actually do have some players and some of the coaching staff who come here to K2. I don't know if you're here this morning. If you are, congratulations on a, on a fantastic season. It was really, really, really fun. Um, but on Thanksgiving, you guys, what's amazing to me is as much as I love God, I do. I try. I really do. I, Thanksgiving for me is always about football and turkey. And, um, and that is not a good precursor, actually, to Christmas. Um, you know, stuffing yourself with more. And um, what Thanksgiving was meant to be was a holy day where we would actually give thanks to God. And so I, what's interesting to me is what we're going to talk about today is really actually very, very critical for our faith. And so I don't know where your faith is at today. And this is a great thing. As we talk about giving thanks today, here's what you can know right now is God knows where you're at. Some of you right now, you got, your life's just awesome, and you're, you're just wing on the thanks meter. And this is, you're excited about today. And others of you are like, wing on the, I don't have nothing to give thanks for. And the beautiful thing about God is I'm going to give one message today, and he's going to speak to every one of you no matter where you're at on your thanks meter. But the scriptures are really clear. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. And as I hopefully, as I can walk you through this today, if, if your faith, no matter where it's at, if we can do this thanks thing, it will increase our faith. 
It was really interesting. I was looking uh, up on Google and researched some stuff. I actually found a guy, his name is Robert Emmons, and he's a professor of psychology at the University of California. And he's a leading figure in the field of gratitude research. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) There's now gratitude research. There's research for everything. I love that. But here's what he found. He, He was studying college students who actually did a thanks journal, a gratitude journal every single day. And this leading researcher in gratitude has found these benefits if you actually are a, are a person who's giving thanks on a regular basis. If it's a part of your, if you're, if it's part of your persona, instead of to see everything that's bad, if you make yourself daily think about what is good, this is what psychological research is finding out for us, is that it actually can help you reach your goals. People who do this have an, a better opportunity of experiencing what, that they, what they want to with their life, which is incredible. They also have better job performance. And, 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 and so some of this stuff, when we think about this, even in a, an attorney was saying that most attorneys do not appreciate what they have and are. For the most part, they're ungrateful. Most do not appreciate their jobs and are enormously critical of themselves and others regardless of whether they earn 30000 or $2 million. This lack of appreciation for what they have achieved and what they have holds most attorneys back from reaching their full potential. And then he just says, the more you focus on being excited and charged up about your work, the better your work will look to you. So better job performance. He also found out that when people who constantly think about the good things and actually give thanks for them, because you can think about them, which is one thing, but then give thanks for them. He said they're also the people who are the most happy and they have lower levels of depression. Now here's what's interesting. We throw in, and then they throw in Mayo Clinic, who says health issues are often related to the fact that people are not having a positive outlook on their life. And people who have an attitude of gratitude, who do it on a daily basis, actually have better health. And Mayo Clinic says they live longer. They are, you have a better resistance to colds, right? So it's cold and flu season. Come on, everybody, let's give thanks. And well, resistance to cold. There's a reduced risk of coronary artery disease. You actually have a stronger immune system if you're a thankful person. Unbelievable. And then you, obviously the other stuff is you're less stressful. You have, you have, you'll have a more positive sense of yourself. And the other really cool one is you get more friends, which is also very cool. A variety of scientists have found that grateful people are better listeners, they're more generous, and they're more likely to help those in need. Now, and you guys know that. Who do you love to hang out with? The person who sees everything negative? I mean, it's hard. But if the person who sees the positive and who's, who's just who's the thankful spirit just is magnetic. Now, I just thought this, this is what I love uh, about the, the Bible and about Scripture, is here's God telling us, I want to tell you guys something, give thanks like all the time, in everything, give thanks. Do you think that God knew when he created us that if we would be thankful people, it would help us physically, it'd help us emotionally, it'd help us relationally, it would help our whole life. And now psychologists are going, guess what? (laughs) What God has said for thousands of years is true. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you one minute. I want you to grab it right now. If you've got a pen and piece of paper, I want you to start writing down things that you can be thankful for. Okay? And if you don't have one, uh, somehow do the exercise in your mind, okay? Because you're going to be completely fixed after this little exercise, and then we'll all leave happy, okay? So here you go. No, but seriously, I want you to take a minute and just start listing things that you're thankful for. Ready? On your mark, set, go.
anything and everything. Even if you can't think of anything (laughs) because of the stage you're in right now. Come up with the base necessities that you can be thankful for. You guys can finish that up later. But I just wanted you to start thinking about things that you can be thankful for. See, because I've had a chance to do this, knowing this was what we were talking about today. So for me personally, I can list it off. I'm obviously, I'm thankful for my wife and for my family. I'm thankful for my job. I love this job. I love the people that I get to work with, the incredible friends that I have. Um, I love my house. I'm thankful for where we live. Um, real, you know, if you guys are, if we're at Rutt's, uh, li- uh, list, the listening room on Friday night, there's an organization that a couple in our church are starting called Three for Five to give clean water to the rest of the world. You guys, do you ever, I mean, in, living in America, do you ever stop and think that how thankful we should be that we actually turn on our water and you can drink it? When millions of people, children, every year are dying because they can't do that. See, there's stuff to be thankful for. Now, and that's one level of thankfulness, to be thankful for the family and friends and jobs and house and stuff and all the things that we've got, thankful for living in a beautiful place. And it is an important level to live on. But what I want to talk to you about today is this. Is it really is important, but it is not enough to lay our foundation on. Because everything that I listed that I could be thankful for, I could lose someday. And, see, and so if you base your fullness of your thankfulness, we should be thankful for all those things. But we got to, in our life, have something a little bit deeper, a little bit more solid to be thankful for in the midst of this world, which is so uncertain. And that can take away the very thing that we once were faithful for. And so, um, Christian, who's speaking over in the Red Building right now, and I, we were looking through all the scriptures, and we found this great passage in Colossians chapter 3. Um, I'm just going to read through the whole thing, you guys. I didn't give you that up, up on, the, on, the, on the screen here, but just, let me just read it for you. Because what was so amazing about this passage is um, in three verses, it tells us to give thanks in every one of them. And one of the things you realize when you read the Bible is anytime there's stuff that's really repetitive, you really take notice. And the fact that in these three verses, he's going to tell us to be thankful, boom, three times. We've got to look at why. And here's what it says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's look at this first one. I'm going to tear these puppies apart. And there's, there's so much in here. Um, I feel like we could do three messages almost. There's so much great stuff in here. But let's just let's, let's dive in real quick. Wow, who's that guy? All right. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Now, what this is telling us, you guys, is this. This is the first thing that we can be thankful for that's a little bit deeper um, than the, the, the normal things that we're thankful for. And that's this. Sorry, I'm trying to get this Bible. There we go is we need to be thankful for peace. We can actually be thankful for peace. Man, peace is an amazing thing. 
And what's so great about this passage is it's talking about the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. One commentator that I was looking at today said basically what the peace of Christ means is it's the peace that Christ brings. Everybody on the earth can experience peace at some level. But there is a peace of Christ that is deeper than humanly possible to achieve. It's actually the peace of God that we can have in our surroundings and in no matter what we go through. And man, to have this peace is critical. And there's two things, two types of peace that I want to share with you today that God brings us, that Jesus Christ brings us. The first one we find in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if you guys could just leave this passage up here while I teach through it, because this is what's really important. I know that guy's really good looking, but this is much more important. We, if we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And when we talk about Thanksgiving, man, to know that you have peace with God, <laughs> that is something to be thankful for. Because if you think of the alternative, to not be at peace with God, to have enmity with God, to have fraction with God and separation from God, that would not be a good thing. Now, what's interesting is you look up this word justified, and, and, and again, in our English language, when we use the word justify, we don't ever use really the definition of what it means here. So this could be confusing for you. What does it mean that we've been justified? Because usually, right, if I'm justifying something, I'm given a reason that I get to be able to do something, and that's not what this term means. What this term means is this. It means that in a legal and formal way, legally and formally, you are acquitted of guilt. That's what it means to be justified. So in other words, it would mean that you stand in a court of law and you're guilty. You know it. The jury knows it. The judge knows it. Everybody knows it. You did it right out in front of everybody. You are absolutely guilty. To be justified means that you are legally and formally acquitted of all wrong. Now, can you imagine being in that state where you knew when this, journey, when this deal is done and the court session is done, I am doomed and the penalty would actually be death. The death sentence and you're done. Can you imagine someone coming in and saying, hey, guess what? You're acquitted. The person who you offended completely forgives you and you are set free. Woo! And that's God, you guys. What God has made clear to us in the scriptures is that we are guilty of sin. Every person. We don't do what God wants us to do. Anybody relate? Okay, good, we're human. If you're human, you have sin in your life. And what the Bible tells us is you have a chance, though, to have your sin be justified, to be acquitted, that you can actually be seen clean and completely right in the eyes of God who knows everything that you did last night, who knows every thought that you have that you would never want anyone to know. 
That God who knows everything says, I will completely set you free. How? If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, who I sent to pay your price of death, which you deserve. If you will receive him into your life, you receive forgiveness and you receive justification. I see you with absolutely nothing in you that condemns you anymore. You and I are good to go. Now, does anybody want to be thankful for that? I'm telling you, no matter what is going on in your life, if you're sitting in this room today and you received Christ into your life, you are justified and you're at peace with God today. And I'm telling you, I want God to look at me and go, hey, we're good. We're good. Not because you're good. But we're good because Jesus is good and he has paid the price. I'm telling you, when the scripture tells us this, this, this verse again back in, in Colossians, that the peace of Christ, let it rule in your heart and be thankful. Today, that is something that we need to be thankful for. That we have peace with God. And I don't know about you, but later on when we sing one more song at the end of the day, we want to give you a chance today. Thank you, God. <laughs> that we're at peace for eternity with each other. So that's one type of peace that Jesus Christ brings. Can I tell you this? Nobody else can bring you that peace. Okay? The only way you can achieve that peace is if you follow the law of God perfectly. Now, if you can do it, go for it. You know, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart as you're wondering if you've ever achieved enough for God to say that you're good enough. Because those are really your two options. Stand before God one day and say, okay, God, I hope I was good enough. Or stand before God one day and say, thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for all my sin and that you and I are at peace with each other. We should just stop there, maybe. (laughs) I mean, it's so good. But he doesn't, so let's keep going. What's the other peace? The peace of Christ. What kind of peace does he bring? In John chapter 14, verse 27, says this. Peace, Jesus is talking, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'm telling you what, man, in this world, for me, this way I'm wired, it's pretty easy for my heart to get troubled. Do <laughs> um, you know the most common command in all the scripture is don't be afraid? It is, it, is, it is said more than any other phrase in the scripture to us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I think God said that more than anything else because he knew we'd be afraid. And for many of us in America, right? Right now, there's a lot of people who are afraid. And you could say rightfully so. If our confidence has been in the economy, then there's reason to be afraid. And there is reason for your heart to be troubled. People are losing their jobs. And apparently, if you talk to anybody who knows way more than I do, more people are going to lose their jobs. And when the stress of not having work 
not providing for your family, not being able to pay your bills, piles up on you fear and trouble enter your heart. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. See, because can the world give you peace? Can it? No, yes, it can. Absolutely it can. There's lots of things in the world that have maybe go, oh, that's good. And then the year later, it's gone. See, that's how the world gives peace. The world gives conditional peace. It gives it because Jesus wouldn't say that otherwise. He's saying the world will give you some peace, but it's not like the peace I'm going to give you. The world will give you peace that will come and then it'll leave. Not mine. You get me into your life. The peace of Christ coming into your life is a peace that in no matter what situation you are in, he can give it to you by his grace. In the stuff that we've been struggling with these last couple of weeks, with the death here, what was it that brought peace to any of us who were actually intimately involved? What was it? It was divinely given by God. It's not something you muster up. It is a gift. That's what grace means. It is a gift. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And I'm telling you, the peace that Christ brings is both that we have peace with God, but also that in this world we can have peace. And then he says, and be thankful. Shana, can you throw back up first uh, Colossians 3.15 as we dive just a little bit more into this? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What does it mean? When you read that, let it rule in your hearts. What does it mean for the peace to rule? That term was actually used of an umpire or a referee. What does a referee do? What does an umpire do? They make judgment calls, right? <laughs> Something happens, safe. Out. Throw the flag. Don't throw the flag. The referee gets to make those decisions. That's what a rule, that's what it means here. Let the peace of Christ rule. Let it judge. Let it make the judgment for you. Here's what it's saying. Let peace the peace of Christ Make your decisions for you. What do you mean? I'm telling you this, man, because when an ump makes a wrong call, it screws the whole game up, right? And everybody's like, oh, what are you doing? We hate that. And you know what? When we make wrong decisions, it screws everything up. And peace isn't there. So here's the question. What is the guiding force when you're going to make a decision? Apparently, from this portion of Scripture... The guiding force is the peace of Christ is what's going to help me make my decision. Now, what would that be? Well, what the Bible says is, you guys, here's the result. If you actually are thankful for peace and it's in your life, what, what happens? Then members as members, of one, as members of one body, we were called to peace. One of the incredible results of living in peace, of having this peace with God and the peace of Christ in your heart is, guess what? We get to live at peace with each other. Now, how does that work? Well, you let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Well, how do I do that? Here's how you do it. If you're at peace with God, why? Well, because I'm so good and I'm better than you, right? I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm righteous and holy. And so the rest of you peons who sit down below me, you know what? Are you kidding me? No, see, when, when you 
realize that you're at peace with God. The only reason I am at peace with God is why? Is because Jesus Christ died for me. I know how screwed up I am. So now, somebody hurts me. Somebody does something wrong. Somebody doesn't live the way that I want them to. What do I do? Well, I judge you because I'm better than you. No. You let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And the only reason I have peace with God is because of Jesus. And so who am I to think that I'm better than you? And so all of a sudden, when the peace of Christ rules in your heart, you're able to offer forgiveness to other people. You're willing to offer grace to other people. Why? Because that's what you got. I didn't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve to be freed by Jesus Christ, but I am. So what am I going to do? Condemn you? Oh, man, you don't want to do that because what the Bible says is, oh, dude, if you've received the forgiveness of Christ and then you condemn other people, you are so in trouble. Do not go there. All right? You let the peace of Christ be the umpire. You let the peace of Christ be the referee. You let the peace of Christ say, Nelson, you're at peace with God because of me. You offer the peace to that person. That's how it works out. And then what happens? As one body, we were called to peace, and we can actually get along because we're not looking at each other and saying, I'm better than you. The other thing we don't do is we don't look at other people and say, man, you're better than me. Because that's the only other flip side, too, is we look at other people and go, wow, look at them. They've got that, or they can do that, and I can't do that. And then what happens? As soon as you look at people like that, what do you have? Envy, jealousy, you want what other people got, and that screws up everything. The Scripture is so clear about that. So what happens? When you're looking at somebody else and you're thinking, man, you're better than me. I want what you've got. You let the peace of Christ rule. And you say, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Wait a second. Oh, wait, wait. You want what the world gives? You want what I gave that other person? No, 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 no. Be content with what I've given you. Be at peace in your heart no matter what you're going through. And then you can look at other people who have more than you or better than you or that you're jealous of or whatever, and you can just say, you know what? That's cool that you have that because I'm at peace with God. Generally, a lack of peace results from self-seeking or dissatisfaction with things as they are. Thankfulness points one to the realization that all things are provided in Christ and it rids any room for ill will or bitterness. Oh. You know what I realized with all this, you guys? You know what, what, what ties together with thankfulness is you have to be humble to be thankful. You know, when somebody gives you a good gift, you go, yeah, well, I know, I, I deserve that. Thank you. No, when somebody gives you a gift, sometimes you just go, are you kidding me? I can't believe you just gave that to me. And see, when you have a humble spirit, and I'm telling you, if you've ever interacted with the holy God, if you've ever really engaged with God, the one thing you know is you deserve nothing. And he wants to give you everything. I mean, if that doesn't make you just, are you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you. I know you should just kick me out of here from who I really am. But you forgive me instead? 
oh God, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Because if it does, then as I interact with you, we'll be, and you interact with me, we'll be able to give peace to each other because there's no room for pride. There's no room for I'm better than you. And it changes everything. Wow. All right. See what I mean? That was one verse. I love the Bible. One verse. Dude, man. All right, so what's the next verse? Colossians 3.16 says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. You guys, again, I don't know how your singing was, you know, in the first 15, 20 minutes. I don't know if, if, if you sang from your heart. Did you sing? Because all those were gratitude songs. I don't know. Did you sing from your heart to God? I mean, did, did he sit there and go, whoa, thanks. Thank you for acknowledging me. Or, or did he look at us and go, well, all right. I, I, you know, I, I, Christian had this great quote. I didn't write it down, but it, some guy said something like, like feeling thanks in your heart and then not saying it is like wrapping a gift and not giving it. <laughs> and so when we sing, the reason we worship in here is to, for you to have a chance. And that's what the scripture says. As you sing psalms and spiritual songs and hymns with gratitude to God, <laughs> saying, dude, I have peace with you because you love me, because you sent your son for me and you give your peace to me. Thank you, God. Now, here's the other thing. We should thank God for the truth, is what this, I think the other thing, what this verse is saying. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ. Well, Jesus said a couple things. He said, I am the truth. And then the second thing he said was, and he was talking to his father, and he said, your word is truth. See, the word of Christ is what's true. When Jesus said something, being God, everything he said was reality. What is truth? As Pilate asked, what is truth? Well, truth is what's real. Truth is what's right. Truth is what works. It's it, when you follow it, it just, you know, you write down two plus two and you go five. Not true. Well, that didn't work. See, when you write four, truth, it works. Truth is the way that things are supposed to be. And God has revealed to us truth. This is how life works. And I just want to say, I'm really thankful that I am not left to try and figure out how this life is supposed to work. I say this all the time. Come on, you guys. Do you really want your little pea brain to be the thing that figure out, figures out the reality of life? And that's where I just go, thank you, God, for the word of Christ. Thank you for the truth that I can know, and I don't have to figure it out, that he's revealed it to us. Christian gave this great idea. He just said, because what it says is to do what? It says, can you guys, really, I'm not that good looking. Put that, can you just put that verse back up there? I'm going to just teach from this puppy a lot. So, all right. Let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you richly. What does that mean? You know what the word dwell means? Well, what it, it means to live in your, like your house. It means to take residence in. It means, man, let it get in there, and then how? Let it do it richly. You know what that word means? Extravagantly. It means fully. It means get this guy in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. And what's, what it was so cool is Christian said it'd be like, like this, right? Here's you and me. You know what I mean? What do we got? 
I don't, I don't got a whole lot to offer to the program here. But I have my willingness to receive from God. Our first value at K2. My willingness is to receive. That's why I read this puppy almost every single day. Have you ever heard the word of God called a puppy before? That was really strange. That is why I read this all the time. Because I know this, that if I read it, then it, what has to happen, it says the word of God is living and active, and what's living and active has a chance to dwell in me richly and fully and totally change my life. That's so cool. I really do believe, I really do, that without the living word of God and the Holy Spirit inside my life, this is about what I got to offer. But man, when a human being says, Jesus Christ, come into me and let your word of Christ come and indwell me richly, it changes everything about me. And I can live differently. I can have power and strength and wisdom that I could never have on my own. And that's what it means, you guys. And so for me to stand here, but it, it means together. Man, if you're ever going to teach somebody anything, which means just help somebody understand, you don't teach your opinions. You don't teach what you think. You teach the word of Christ, which is indwelling in you richly. Man, if you're going to admonish somebody, what's that mean? Admonish means, dude, you're off the path. If you're going to try to get somebody back on the path, how do you do that? With the word of Christ. Not with what you think or with your opinion. You bring it back with the word of Christ dwelling in you richly. Now, can I just say something, too, that hit me with this? Um, was so interesting to me, is that Paul, the first thing he did is, let's settle the peace issue first. Okay, right? We're all supposed to be, you're at peace with God. Now, let's live in peace with each other. You were called to be one body, living in peace. Now, because when you start to teach each other, or when you start to admonish each other, what happens? Hey, who are you to tell me anything? Right? I mean, we don't like to be taught stuff. We don't like to admonish one another. So the first thing he does is, let me just settle this peace thing first. In other words, I think what God is saying is, hey, if you're going to teach and admonish, make sure you do it in love. Make sure that it's always for edification, right? And not to lord it over somebody. Make sure that it's always to build each other up, as the scriptures say, and not to tear people down. Make sure that it's always to restore people. God is always working to restore people, not to condemn people. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. And I just want to tell you, like for me too with this, it's like once you know the truth and you start to understand it, you go, what's part of the truth? Part of the truth is what I was just talking about, that I'm saved by grace of God, simply by faith and not by works. Oh, man, once you understand that truth, then when it comes time to sing, you don't go, you know, you don't just sing like this. You go, thank you, God. You do what? You sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude. What? In your hearts. See, when the word of God is dwelling in you richly, you understand the realities of life, that God loves you like no other human could love you, and that he will always be for you, he will never be against you, that even when your life is falling apart in your eyes, he is holding it together and walking in the midst of it. That's the truth. And then you sing, which we're going to do here in a few minutes, with gratitude in your hearts to God. Man, thank you for being the truth. And thank you for revealing the truth. Last one, verse, seven, verse 17. Um, I need a clock. I'm done.
I think. I'm not done. Colossians 3.17 says this. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. I want to tell you, once you realize that you have peace with God, and once the truth and the word of Christ is starting to get in, you, you just, oh, it really helps your perspective, you guys, about this world. It gives perspective. And I think now, I can look at this verse and I can say, okay, so, whatever I do, I'm going to do it in Christ. And whatever I do, I'm going to do it with Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, see, this one is hard. But again, like I was thinking for me, I shared real quick last week that I had this water damage. Susan, I have this water damage in our house. You know, what happens when you lo- go down into your basement and your, and your carpet's soaked with water, you know, and, you, and then you open it up and there's black junk all over the bottom? Well, I just pulled out my guitar and said, sang Jesus praise songs, you know, for the black mold, you know, and for the water. It's just, that's what you do, right? Yeah. No, no, you don't. <laughs> But I know I didn't handle it very well. You can ask my wife. Um, but here's what's interesting about it is I was thinking about what would it mean for me to do this? Well, here would be a couple things. Once we got in there, the damage wasn't as bad as it could have been. Something to be thankful for. But what if it had been? The other thing is I'm thankful for Dave Ramsey and Eric Winter who in financial peace and for, for, and for the fact that we've changed the way that we're doing our money so that we actually had money to be able to pay for it instead of having to put it on credit card. So that's something to be thankful for. Um, I'm thankful I have a house. That was one thing I thought. Well, you know, I could not have a home. Then I wouldn't have that problem. See, I'm not thankful for the water coming through my sewer, but I should be thankful I have a home. I'm thankful for Alan Eckstein and Dave Wright, friends who I knew I could call and who loved me and actually came over and spent time helping me do because I can't do anything, to help me, help me fix it. See, those are things that you can be thankful for in the circumstances. I don't think you say, man, God, thank you so much that sewer water's in my basement. That's not what that means. But in the circumstance, you can see the good no matter how bad it is. Christian was telling me about his mom who had a gal call her from the, from the church who was really, really depressed and actually was considering suicide. And his mom could relate because she had suffered with severe depression herself. And so she said, hey, why don't you make a list like I had you do? Make a list at least of the good things in your life. And I don't know if you've ever been there. You ever been there? You can't see it. Can't see one good thing. What was cool is Christian's mom knew her. So she said, well, I tell you what, let me make a list for you. So she started to make a list for her and she showed it to her because I know you. Here are some really good things about you and things you have in your life. And then you know what she said? This is genius. She said this. Now what I want you to do is just every day just add one thing to that list. Just add one. 
And you know what? In a long process, eventually, this gal started to see. She started to get perspective by giving thanks to God for the good that was in the midst of the horror that she was in. It doesn't take it away initially. It's not how it works. But for some reason, giving thanks does what? It can completely change our perspective. It can make our home and a better place if you be thankful instead. The people around us, we can actually bless them if we're thankful. It can take away our stress. It's actually good for our soul. It doesn't affect, and then it can have an effect on everything around us. You know what, you guys? Here's the other thing I thought. If I could actually be thankful in every one of my circumstances, you know what would happen? God would actually get glorified. Because somehow people would say, ah, how are you at peace? Because I have the peace of Christ. And it rules in me. Wow. How do you have perspective? Because I have the word of Christ. And it dwells in me richly. And I understand what life is about now. How can you be thankful? And still have joy? Because the living God is living inside of me. Thankful people can do that. And I think that's partly too why God says, give thanks. Show the world that I'm with you. Let me be with you. Let me give you perspective. And so there we go. So what do we do, guys? Band, you guys can line up. What do we do? We start giving God thanks every day. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, you know what? I, I'm serious. What if we all did a gratitude journal? What if we all came up and we said, you know what? I'm going to give God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you could say, I'm going to give God thanks for my peace. That I'm at peace with God and that he gives me peace. I'm going to give thanks to God every day for the truth. And I'm going to dive in here every day so that it will dwell in me richly so I can know and have the truth about life. And then I'm actually going to give thanks for everything, no matter what I do. I'm going to do it in the name of Christ. And I'm just going to give him thanks. I just want to say, man, I think our church would change. I really do. Because apparently what would happen is then we'd be at peace with each other <laughs> if we had that perspective and we'd be the one body of Christ that we're supposed to be. Could we all do that? Man, could you do that tomorrow morning or whenever you're good? Maybe it's evening for you. Could you take a lunch break and just give God thanks? I think it'd be amazing to see what he might do. And so what we're going to do, and then the last thing I want to say is this. I, I just know some of you who are sitting in here, you're not yet at peace with God. At, at, at this point, you're still banking on your goodness and that God's going to give you at least a D to pass. And, and the reality is, the peace with God, we're justified by our faith in Christ. We're, we're made right with Christ, with God, by putting our faith in Christ and saying, I know I can't be good enough for you. I'm going to worship you, Jesus, because you paid my price. And then by faith, God will say, I give you myself, and you and I are reconciled, and now you can have the peace of God. We're good to go. Some of you don't, when Jesus says, hey, my peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, I don't give to you as the world gives. 
Some of you are still banking on the peace that the world gives or the peace that you can muster up in yourself. And you haven't yet experienced what it's like to have divine peace. And I just want to say, maybe today, I don't know when it is. Maybe tomorrow when you're laying in bed or going to work. But I want you just one more time to give you the opportunity to say, I'm going to receive Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need to be at peace with God. And I need divine peace in my being. I want the word of Christ dwelling in me richly. And if that's you today, then after this service, I'll be hanging out. If you want to talk, you know the thing you could do? We're going to take an offering here. There's a little slip of paper on your, on your brochure. You could just take that and put, there's a little box that says, man, I want to know bar, how to know Christ. Check that box and somebody will, we'll just get a hold of you this week. We'll go hang coffee. We'll just, or, you know, you can take me out to dinner. No, I'm just kidding. But we can, <laughs> but we'll go hang out for a while together and let's talk about it so that you can come to an understanding if that's what you'd like to do. But I can't tell you enough. If Jesus is tugging on your heart, go for it and respond to him. Man, okay. Ah, sorry, we were going to do something else and I bagged it, but I'm the lead pastor. So, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, no, but uh, seriously, um, I am thankful. I was thankful that the Utes won last night. I had a blast at that game. I'm really thankful, you know, that I have my family in a, in a home. I'm thankful it's sunny out today. I'm thankful for lots of things. But I'm telling you what, man, underneath all that, I am thankful that I'm at peace with God. And I am thankful that the peace of Christ can rule in my heart and help me not to be troubled and not to be afraid. And I'm thankful that the word of Christ can dwell in me richly to help me umpire every decision that I have to make. It's awesome. And I'm thankful. And I'm going to try to be more thankful in everything. The world will be a much better place. And so were yours. So would you stand with me right now? Here's your opportunity, you guys, to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be praising him for the peace of God. And if you're not, maybe this is your chance to think about it and whether you want to be this. And yes, as you can see, we're taking our offering at this point. And so if you're visiting with us again, this is not, you, you can just let the bag pass as you worship. If you're here, this is your chance. What is the offering? This is just, thanks, God. Thanks that I have a job. <laughs> thanks that you give me cash. <laughs> I just want to let you know I trust you with it because I know I could lose it, <laughs> especially right now. So thank you. So if you're ready to take the offering, go for it. But man, would you join us? And actually, I'm going to join Brad this time because I love this song so much. I said I will have to sing it with you. Um, would you join us? And let's give God a good time, as worship says. By offering him our gratitude, let's not, let's not wrap a present then hold it back. Let's, let's hand it to him with our hearts and sing and make music. I will not be silent, as this song said. We're going to sing the first song. We'd, I will not be silent. I will tell Jesus Christ I'm thankful for who he is. Let's do it together. <laughs>